Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and websites, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Just a quick note to let you know that my new book, Style, The Art of Creating a Beautiful Home, is now available around the world. If you'd like to get a taste of what's inside, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash style book and you will receive the introduction for free. You can also listen to episode 59 where I read an excerpt from one of my favorite chapters in the book. Order a signed copy at Imprint House or buy a copy from your favorite bookseller. 
Hello everyone. I hope you're all well. Well, today is a very exciting day because my new book, Style, The Art of Creating a Beautiful Home, is officially out in the world, all around the world. So thank you to all of you who have pre-ordered the book. And also, I really appreciate your beautiful comments and support. Um, it's just been such a beautiful journey and it really does mean so much. I'm so grateful that you've embraced my books in the way that you have. It really is a dream come true. I'm pretty sure that I've shared this story on the podcast before, but I'm going to share it again just in case because I just want to put into context how much creating books means to me. And it's not just about sort of ticking something off on a list in terms of saying, well, I was able to do that. It, it's much more personal. And I have always had a deep reverence for books. I have always loved reading. I've always had books. I've been a passionate book lover for all of my life. And I studied English literature at Sydney University just because basically I loved reading and I loved engaging with books so much. And we read nonfiction as well as fiction books. And I just, I really remember walking through Fisher Library, which is the huge library at Sydney University where I went to, and walking through the stacks, which you could find all these thousands upon thousands of books, and just walking through there and being in awe of the books that were there. And the fact that some of them were hundreds and hundreds of years old, and yet the ideas in these books lived on. So that the author might have passed and long since gone, but their ideas lived on and that they were beautiful or powerful or they helped us understand the world in a better way. And ever since then, I've always wanted to create some books. I've, you know, even if it was just one and the fact that now I have published my third book, it just, it really, it blows my mind. I used to go every Saturday with my dad and my brother to the local library when I was growing up and spend basically most of Saturday there and just reading. And they really do hold a very special place in my heart. So it really is such a dream. And for many, many years, that was what I would always wish for when I had to blow out a candle on my birthday cake. I would wish that I would be able to publish a book. And then once I had published my first book, I was actually didn't know what to wish for anymore because then <clears throat> I was in the situation where it had come true. My actual dream had come true. And um, of course, I had to put some new things on my list. And one of those came true, which was for the book to become a bestseller. And that has well and truly happened. My first book, This Is Home, The Art of Simple Living, more than four years after pub being published, <clears throat> excuse me, continues to be on the bestsellers list for interior design and decorating on Amazon. But today I want to share an inside view of what it is like to create my latest book, Style. So if you've ever wanted to create your own book, it might provide an insight into what's involved too. I did a podcast about how to create a book and get published in episode three, which you might enjoy as well. That's more of a sort of very practical sort of step by step, what I did, why I did it, and it will take you through that whole process. Now, today's episode touches on that a little bit, but I'm going to take you more behind the scenes as to how the book came about and what it was like to visit the homes in the book and also what's inside and how it can help you. 
So first of all, I'm going to share a little bit more about the idea because every good book must start with a strong idea. And I had to ask myself, what is this book about? Why does it need to be published? But even before that, I had to find that the, the actual idea, you know, and what I find with books is that they, the ideas for them often come to me in a flash. And I know instinctively if they're right and if I want to go on that journey with them. Because trust me, it is a long journey. Creating a book, it was, like I said, this dream, but the actual process of creating each individual one, in some ways, I'm not going to say it was a nightmare because it certainly wasn't that, but it was a huge challenge, not only to find the time and the homes and write the words and then edit them, but the journeys that I had to go on to create them, the mental um, kind of self-doubt and anguish that goes into writing them, wanting them to be helpful, really analyzing and questioning every single word and every single idea. So it is a tough job to create a book, certainly one that is going to be one that lives on. Because as I said, that if I'm going to create a book, I don't want it to just be something that someone flicks through for a second and, and then they're done. And then it's like, move on to the next book. I want this to be a book that you go back to many times. It might be once a year. It might be every now and then, whenever it is. But I want it to be a book that when you're looking for answers, you can pick up that book and you can be reminded and it can help you connect with what you actually want for your own home. Now, when it comes to ideas, I often think about what Elizabeth, Elizabeth Gilbert writes in Big Magic, especially the story of the poet Ruth Stone and how when a poem came to her, if she was in the fields, she would have to run to catch it. And she sort of describes it almost like a kind of freight train that she has to run to catch this idea. And sometimes she wasn't fast enough and it would run right past her. <clears throat> but then other times she would manage to get it and she the idea would just flow out of her. I find book ideas work in a similar way. Sometimes they land in the right place at the right time. And that really is how it was with style. The publisher was asking me about a third book following on from the success of the other two. You know, I was getting these sort of subtle reminders from my publisher at Hardy Grant. And she was saying, you know, have you thought about doing a third book? Have you got any ideas? And, um, and I just let it sit there for a moment to sort of let it percolate for a few weeks. And then I felt, because I really felt that I had said everything I wanted to in terms of creating a home with This Is Home and similarly about how our homes are one of the best places we can start living a more sustainable life when it came to still this slow home. So I really had to give myself some time to think about what did I have to share that I hadn't already shared? And what wasn't out there in other books? Obviously, there are hundreds and thousands of books that have been published in relation to interiors and homes. I wanted it to be something different, something that wasn't out there and hadn't been done before and or was approaching it in a completely new way. I didn't want to write a book 
about interior design because there are so many of those. And look, I mean, I'm going to be really honest. I still, there's part of me that thinks, is there a way that it can be done in a different way? Because so many of them approach it in the same way. And so maybe, you know, that's, that's kind of just percolating in the back of my mind. But I certainly didn't feel like it was right to do it then. And whatever book I create, it really needs to come from the heart too. I need to feel, as I said, that I'm adding to a body of knowledge on a subject. It needs to feel substantial, helpful and informative while still being a reference book in a way that you can come back to time and time again. And of course, it's got to be beautiful. And I could feel that this idea, it wouldn't leave me. It was at the tip of it was at my fingertips, like with Ruth Stone, but I had to run with it a little and see what shape it would take. And the whisper that kept coming back to me was to write about style. Now, I had a very similar feeling before creating the Styling Masterclass. I knew that one of the, the questions that would people would struggle with the most when it came to anything to do with styling was, well, what about my style? and really not understanding what it is and having all of these questions about it. You know, so often people and students would say things like, but I like lots of different styles or my style's always changing and, and what I like is always changing and, and how to work with that within your home. So it was a deeper question rather than just about the act of styling itself. And as I said, before I started creating the Styling Masterclass, I had this similar whisper within, which was that I had learned so much over the process of my career as a stylist for magazines and my work had been published all around the world. Um, you know, I mean, months, there would be months that I'd have homes featured in various magazines. And we had, Chris and I, we had an agent in Italy who would, um, sell our features all around the world as well in like Singapore and Brazil and Denmark and France or everywhere. So, you know, I had substantial experience in that and I really felt like I had learned so much and that I was about to embark on a chapter, a new chapter in my life. And I was really willing to want and wanting to to share that knowledge with other people so that if they wanted to take those ideas and whether it was use it in their own home or to improve their styling because perhaps they were an interior designer and they could use these skills to really elevate their spaces when they're doing that install day. Or if it was people who wanted to style for other people, brands. I mean, there's, you know, there's this whole world that has opened up now with Instagram that you can style for brands. And it doesn't have to be about working for magazines. It, you, it's the sort of thing that you can do, you know, while your children are at school. There's so many opportunities. And so that feeling about wanting to share my knowledge, that was what I felt before I started the Styling Masterclass. And again, I, I really had this feeling that I wanted to share again with this book in a way that I hadn't done with the Styling Masterclass and to go really deep and to really understand and to share and to help other people understand why style is so important and why it's not something that's just this frivolous idea and how it is actually the heart of who we are and having the courage to share 
our style, which is really what's most important to us. In some ways, it's, it's a really hard thing to do. I mean, we all have to create a home, but to, to reveal ourselves and the true nature of ourselves and the true things that are important to us, that can actually be quite challenging. And so I wanted to, to get to the heart of that with this book. And I wanted to really address this roadblock that so many people have when it comes to the idea of style, which is a key idea if you want to feel confident before you start any design project or before you create your own home. I mean, if you want your home to feel authentic, style is really at the heart of that, you know, to express yourself, to not just copy what somebody else is doing, to not just sort of follow their look, but to connect with what's most important for you, because otherwise you're going to end up with a place that doesn't express who you are and what's really most important to you. So you might be wondering about, well, what is the difference between this book and This Is Home, which I know is a favorite for many of you. I really see all three of my books as part of a trilogy that are complementary, but also quite distinct. They're essentially about creating a beautiful and authentic home with integrity. Each book has that at its core and each book reinforces that message in a different way. Now, This Is Home is about what, what makes a place feel like a home. Prior to creating that book, I had styled many homes, as I had mentioned, you know, and these were all different types of homes from artist rentals to architect design mansions, to beach shacks, weekenders, inner city terraces and apartments, places in the country, all types of people too, you know, people who work in corporate or designers, photographers, artists. And I was really curious about why it was that some places really felt like a home or more like a home as soon as you stepped through the front door. It was visceral. I could really feel it in the space. It wasn't just to do with the objects that they had. It, there was something more than that that was at play. And, and it certainly wasn't to do with how much money had been spent or how well designed it was in a technical sense. There really was something else at play. And so I went onto a journey of discovering what it is that makes a place feel like a home. And I did a monumental amount of research. I honestly, I, I studied the history of the home all the way back to when people lived communally in a hall, like toad hall. You know, that's why so many homes, particularly in places like England, they're called, you know, such and such hall because that's how people used to live. They didn't used to have their own separate sleeping quarters or living quarters. It was everyone was in together. They didn't even have sort of, like I said, those types of rooms back then. And I was really interested as well in the psychology of, well, why do we even need a home? Why, you know, why is that evolved through our society and culture? And so I studied Maslow's pyramid of needs and what we need to become the best version of ourselves, because I soon realized that the places that feel most like a home were created by people who were really being their true self. They were authentic and comfortable in their own skin. And this came out in the way that they approached their home, 
They weren't trying to follow what other people were doing. They were really being true to themselves. I really discovered so much in creating that book. It was an incredibly steep learning curve and so fascinating. And so many of those lessons of creating that book have really stayed with me and personally as well. I mean, obviously I share them in the book, but it really affected me in so many ways in terms of how I live my life and engage with my children as well as prioritize my time and create my own home. It, it really was such a turning point in my own life. Now, the second part of the trilogy is still the slow home. And this was very much created in response to the increasing overwhelm I was feeling about the future of the planet and consumerism going crazy. I really wanted to do on a personal level, my bit for the planet, but was, you know, and I was following different people on Instagram and reading different reports and news articles and all sorts of different things. And, but I was getting deluged by so many ideas and I really didn't know what the best approach was to take. For instance, should I focus on the use of plastic? And I thought, well, you know, and we still do this, we recycle all our soft plastics. And then, but I thought, but what about all those companies that just use like reels and reels and reels of plastic in their packaging, you know, when they're shipping goods across the world? Is me, you know, going to my local uh, supermarket and recycling and donating and recycling my soft plastic collection from our bread bags and other things that, you know, pasta packets, whatever it is, all those things. Is that really going to actually help? Because there's so much else going on on such a greater scale that is that going to help? What about driving an electric car? Should, should I buy an electric car? Now, obviously, there's a lot of resources that go into making an electric car and shipping it from another country because we don't manufacture them in Australia and thinking about the carbon miles. Isn't it better to perhaps just buy an old car? And I was really getting myself so confused and there was, seemed to be so many different contradictions and it was making me feel even more overwhelmed. And I wondered what role did our homes play in all of this? Should we build an off-grid house or live in an inner city apartment, which obviously has a much smaller footprint and it's an existing building and the resources have already been used versus, okay, off-grid sounds great, but you still have to, you know, use concrete and materials and all these new things that, that perhaps, you know, wouldn't have been used if you actually moved into an existing home. And what I discovered when I did all my research about still, and again, I went deep, <laughs> you know, I really want to get to the heart of what the problem is and also what the answer is. And basically what I found and what I learned is the best approach to follow is to really go with what is happened with the slow movement. And that is to embrace sustainable, lo local, organic, and a holistic approach to how we create our homes. And really, you know, as I said, I was getting very overwhelmed about, am I, can I even make a difference? And the point is that we don't need just one person doing everything perfectly, or I don't need to do everything perfectly. But if we have thousands or millions of people embracing these ideas imperfectly, we will still create significant change. And we have to start somewhere and doing something is better than nothing. So then you might be wondering, well, what is style about and how does it relate to this trilogy? 
I very much see it as being part the being the third part of this trilogy about creating a beautiful and authentic home with integrity. And it really puts you, the homeowner, at the heart of the book. In that way, it's a little bit of a departure from the other books. This is not about other people's stories or other people's homes, but it's about you and your home and your story. It's about how you engage with what's true for you, how you can develop your own authentic style and how you can do that with integrity. It's also about how to create a beautiful home in a really helpful way. So I guide you through the process that I embrace when styling spaces. So it's a resource that you can go back to over and over again. But more than anything, it's about how you can create a home that feels like you, that is a physical expression of your story and feelings. Now, you might be wondering, how is this book different from the Styling Masterclass? And that's a great question because some of you I know will have done my course and some of you might be considering doing it and you might think, well, should I buy the book or shall I do the course? I had to give this a lot of thought before I wrote the book because, of course, I didn't want to do a disservice to my students in the course, both past and, you know, upcoming. And I didn't want to hold back either on providing as much insight into the book as possible. Ultimately, the book is a deep dive into some very specific topics that relate to the course, but aren't covered in the course in the same way. because. Importantly, the course helps you to apply, to apply the book's ideas in a very practical way into your own home. It also includes videos where I demonstrate how to style various spaces and you get the opportunity to get feedback on the spaces that you style, as well as being part of a beautiful online community and connecting with people around the world and, you know, and helping them. I mean, when you give feedback to other people and people are asking questions, that's actually when you learn too. That's actually one of the best ways to learn is to analyze critically something and provide feedback on it. So the Styling Masterclass is an interactive application of the book. And the book and course are, are really, I see them as worthy companions. Each one complements the other, but because they're completely different mediums, each offers a way to learn in a different context, both ways. I hope that provides some clarity on how the book came about and how it's different to my other books, as well as my signature course, The Styling Masterclass. So I wanted to just quickly take you behind the scenes inside some of the homes of the book. I thought it might be fun to share a little bit about, you know, how some of them came about or what it was like to, to visit them. And I'm going to step you back through because Obviously, I mean, to be really, really honest, it's my favorite part of creating a book. I love it so much, stepping aside other people's homes. At times, the writing can be excruciating to find the right words and get the right message across and ensure the structure is sound. But visiting homes to feature in the book, well, that's just basically a lot of fun. What I really love about it is it comes back to what I've shared about the book already, I really love getting an insight into the personality of the people who live in the home. And I'm a big believer that you can tell a lot about a person from the home. 
So I'm just going to share a few little insights about some of the homes that we shot for the book. The first one that I'm going to talk to you about is Bismarck House in Bondi. And I lived in Bondi for many years. I think it was about seven years all up and in a couple of different um, apartments because there's lots of apartments like Art Deco apartments in Bondi. And there's also semi, what we call in Australia, semis. And these can be federation style homes, but they're attached to another home. And over the years, I mean, they're quite small inside, but over the years, people have extended them out the back. It's sort of similar to Victorian terrace style homes, but they're often single story. And that's what Bismarck House is. It's actually quite close down towards the beach, but on a road that, you know, I used to drive along often and quite close to the shops on, I mean, my, my memory is, is not very great when it comes to street names. I think it's Bondi Road, the main road. So it's very close to those shops. And because I used to, there's um, a huge Jewish community in Bondi and I used to go to some of those shops to get bagels because they had really great bagels along there. And it's in that part of Bondi. And I remember turning up and turning up to the front of the house and thinking, oh, is this it? I, I don't know if I've actually got the right place. And Bondi can be a bit tricky to find a park. So I, I drove up and um, I sort of circled around a little bit. And as I was pulling up on the laneway, because it sort of borders onto a laneway, which then borders onto some of the shops. And I, um, I saw... Um, Jules, who is one of the, the owners of Bismarck House, and she sort of said, oh, you can park here. And anyway, I managed to find a park and I went through the back, which is, well, I parked into the garage and I came through the garden. Now, one of the other owners, uh, Jules, is um, husband, Will. He is a landscape designer. He is a very respected Will Dengar and known landscape designer. And so we went through the back and they have lived in Bondi for a very long time. Um, and I have sort of shot their, their previous home when I was working in magazines and interviewed them many times over the years. So it was really lovely to see her again. I haven't seen her in a while. And, um, and it was just this, I mean, it's a small garden, but it's just so beautifully considered. And, and we do feature a shot of that in there. And then you come through these big, steel doors at the back and go into the extension which is quite contemporary but really beautifully done and they have embraced the brick but painted it there's a concrete floor in that section there's a really cool shelving system which has got these steel doors that are powder coated this rich deep it's almost like an oxblood red but not quite as deep as that and they are really clever because they slide along and most of the time they cover the television, but then you can slide them back and see most of the times you will see this beautiful shelving display, which we feature in the book as well. And it's just a really nice mix of pieces in the space that are vintage and contemporary. And um, I, I just, I really loved it. The kitchen is it incorporates tiles on the bench top, so it was good to see that used in a different way. And um, it had the place had been architect design, and it had this really interesting skylight, which you can see in the image in the book of the kitchen, which is curved. And that's what when Chris and I are taking photos of the spaces, you know, we're always looking for those details, like what's different about this place, what's interesting, and so you really do 
need to study the images. You know, of course you can have a quick flick, but if you take a closer look, every image has been chosen for a reason. And there's an, a core idea behind every image. It could be an architectural detail. It could be the way that there's a, another home that I'm going to talk about, Shack Palace. There's this incredible, beautiful, old vintage uh, terracotta pot and it is on this um, shelving unit and the shelf is is dark and it's the contrast of the colors and the materials and how that makes you feel and so it's quite a simple photo the way that we we captured it but the idea is really strong and that's what I really try to get at when I'm styling these spaces and Chris and I work very collaboratively when we're we're photographing them we're not just trying to tick off okay living room done tick you know kitchen done tick and we don't want to showcase every single space we really want to showcase the spaces that have the biggest ideas so that they're offering the most value so just um, at the front of Bismarck, Bismarck house is um there's like a living another living room space and a bathroom but it's upstairs where it really shines and they have used this sort of concrete finish and a metal um, a banister as such. And just the way that the materials have been used in a different way, it was just very exciting to be in that space. And then how the fabrics and the textiles and the vintage lamps, they've got a great collection of beautiful vintage bedside lamps in the, the house as well. And it just, this mix of the old and the new and the vintage, it just really brings it to life. And it's just so beautifully considered. So I hope that you enjoy the photos that we took and captured of that space. The next place I wanted to tell you about is Shack Palace in Noosa. And this again is like, unlike any other space that I have been into. Some of you might be familiar with Shack Palace. They have a shop in Byron Bay in the um, Habitat precinct. And it's one of my favorite shops in the Byron Bay area. Again, the, the home really embodies many of the ideas of how you feel when you work, walk into their shop, which is very dark and moody and very much has like a wabi-sabi feeling. It's, it's very evocative. And I, I love going into that shop and they have really beautiful pieces. And the same is true for this place in Noosa that we went to visit. And it is... It's only got one bedroom, but it's got this other room, which is downstairs. It's a tea room. And it's, again, just this kind of the combination of the materials and the fact that it's embraced dark timbers. And in the kitchen, I loved, I mean, you know, when I go to these shoots, I'm often taking photos as ideas for my own projects and what I could do in my own home as well. They had used cork on the floor in the kitchen and it was stained dark and finished with this um, you know, protective finish. And you can see it in the photos. It's so beautiful. And I've never seen anyone use cork in that way and so clever. And again, it's about this, the way that the materials have been used. And it was honestly, I, I can't wait to go back. I really want to go back and stay there. And I go to these places and I get so excited. And I think I really want to bring Daniel back here unfortunately not all of them are suitable for children I mean Shack Palace has only got one bedroom so I don't know how he would do that but I would so dearly love to take him because I know he would love it as well 
Um, and it just is so inspiring when you walk into these spaces. Another place that we went to visit was the home of Tamsin Johnson, who is an interior designer in Sydney. Again, Tamsin is someone that I've met and interviewed a few times over the years, and she has got an incredible sense of style. Her father is an antiques dealer, and so she has very much grown up with always being surrounded by antiques. And I love that she does things differently. It's not about what's on trend, but she has got her own unique style. And I really wanted to capture that in her space. She had recently moved into the house when we went to photograph it. And it is a very old house on Sydney Harbour, a beautiful old house that's got these original timber detailings. But she really had made it her own and has got the most incredible kitchen island I have ever seen. It's um, staggered. The It's like marble chunks, uh, rectangular chunks, and they're staggered. And you will see it in the book. And it really is incredible. And her use of lighting and combinations and colors and the way that she displays art, it really is, it's so unique to her. And I just... I was in awe of the space. It was really incredible how she had brought this other home to life, which was could have been quite traditional in many ways, but she honored that, but then added her own signature signature touch. And I talk about that in the book, about your signature style, something that is truly unique to you. And that is the places that feel the most authentic, is the ones that really embrace you know, your signature and what is true for you. We also went to visit Angela's Shack on Phillip Island. And this is the weekender of Simone Haag, who is um, a stylist and designer in based in Melbourne. And again, she has got incredible style. And so, you know, I was seeking these people out who have got a very strong sense of their own personal style and they just embrace it and they're confident and they really go for it and they don't hold back. And it's actually quite incredible. We we drove past it several times because we didn't realize that it was, we were at the right home. It was also very late at night when we turned up. So that didn't help. Uh, there were a few clues that I would have seen if I had turned up um, during the day. And what I love about this place, I mean, it literally is a shack. It's kind of like a 1950s, 60s fibro shack and is quite unassuming from the exterior. I mean, there's definitely some of Simone's touches, but once you take a closer look, but it could be, I mean, I see these places everywhere. So she has really transformed it in such a clever way and not in an expensive way either. The way that she has done certain things, she has really embraced them in you know, she's just been clever with the way that she's displayed art or added lining board or just included vintage pieces of furniture. And it just gives it its own life. I mean, there's one shot that she's got this really cool Italian vintage sofa with a shelving display above it. And it is literally the garage. So she's added sliding doors to the side of the garage and you go through those to go into this space and it's like an extra seating area. It's so cool. It's so beautiful. It's so Simone. And I just love that she's just gone for it and done what is true for her and her style. The last place I'm going to share with you today is the Wensley, which is in Victoria, what she calls the, um, the surf coast. And 
we drove there. We actually drove there after being in Phillip Island and it ended up being a massive drive because Phillip Island is about an hour and a half sort of southeast of Melbourne. So we had to drive all the way back through Melbourne and then the Wensley is about an hour and a half west of Melbourne, sort of southwest. And so we, it was a really big drive to get there. And again, we got there late in the day and we were thinking, you know, where is this place? You know, because we were just going through farms and we, it was a long driveway to get down into there. And we stepped into the house and we were both in awe. It is so beautiful. It is, it has such a presence. It's quite simple again in its shape. It's a barn shaped home, but it is just so well done. And the fact that they've embraced and incorporated these really wide hardwood boards everywhere it gives it so much depth and character and it was really beautiful and it was really about trying to encapsulate that and again you know she's got some vintage chairs in there some cool art and it was about trying to capture those and embrace those and we we did actually a shot there that almost became the cover. We were really tossing and turning between the image that became the cover and this other one because she had this beautiful table, this concrete backdrop. And um, I, I found this vase that she had in another part of the house. It was in the living room. And I put this vase on the table and then I thought, I really need a good branch and I couldn't find one in the house. So I ran out literally because we were racing against time because the sun was at the exact right spot as we were taking the photo. So I ran outside with my secateurs as fast as I could. I think I actually drove up the hill a little bit because that so I could get there. And then because um, I'd ran up once and then it wasn't big enough. And so then I drove back up the second time and I went into this bush and I snipped some um, of this this plant. It was a little bit like a tea tree type plant. And quickly drove back down and put it in. And it just really elevated that scene. And just something as simple as putting a beautiful branch in a beautiful stone vintage pot, it just transformed. And it so nearly became the cover. Um, but I might go into that another time, how how we kind of came about the cover. But it was it really was a beautiful place. And we got to stay there, which was such a treat. And um, and again, I cannot wait to go back with my family. That one, I definitely could go back with my family. So I'm just going to touch on briefly what's inside the book and, and how can it help you? You know, this is an opportunity for you finally to get a true understanding of your personal style and learn how to cultivate it. You'll learn the foundations of styling and how to edit your collections, as well as transform your spaces and really understand and engage in visual storytelling. And of course, there are styling notes for every space in the home on guides on how to craft a display, arrange books, display art, all of the things that you would expect. But it's so much more than that. I also include a source book. It really is a book about how to help you create meaningful connections in your home. And just as I sort of shared with some of the homes that feature in the book and how people like Simone and people like Tamsin, they really, they put their heart and soul into their home. And you can really see that it's a true reflection of who they are and what they love. I'm sharing with you how you can cultivate that in your own home, that your home is a real visual representation of, of you and, and how you can express yourself. 
I can't wait for you to get a copy to start reconnecting with your place in a really beautiful way. So let me know how you go and what you think. I would love to hear from you. You can send me a DM on Instagram or an email and let me know what changes um, you know you you plan to make or even send me some photos if you do end up styling every any of your spaces. I would love to see them. Thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you the same time next week. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.